Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. On the device with me, I would say on the phone, but sort of on the phone, on Zoom app with me right now is Lindsay O'Connor. If you've been home uh, playing some Doom Eternal, you may recognize her voice. Uh, She is a voice on Doom Eternal, also vocalist for Coma Cluster Void and some other rad projects. Uh, First off, Lindsay, thanks for coming in uh, and and taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, thanks for having me virtually. So you just went and uh, took your dog uh, outside. Uh, you've been spending probably more time with your dog lately than than you're used to. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, and he loves it. Um, I actually, I, my uh, day job, I, I work from home anyway. So, oh, okay. But yeah, but like, you know, now that I'm captive basically and I can't go to shows or leave him, you know, in the middle of the night to go do fun stuff, I have to kind of, you know, just play with him a lot which is great and he gets to go on really long frequent walks which he loves so no complaints from him so where where are you uh calling in from today uh what state are you in las vegas nevada okay right on so how are things going in in las vegas and and uh it's it's kind of surreal to see the strip uh completely dead isn't it yeah it's uh it's really bizarre um I would say the the tone in the community is just everyone's being especially cautious and respectful of each other. We're doing the best we can. There's definitely some infrastructure problems um, and making sure everybody has what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as like businesses and the strip and everything, everyone's been very, um, you know, just understanding of of the severity of the situation that we're in globally. So there wasn't really a lot of pushback or anything around like, the strip closing down or any of the casinos um, and a lot of the local businesses have been very um, proactive and making sure that some of the essential food and medicines and things like that are still accessible a lot of great local food stores and things like that are doing deliveries (laughs) where they hadn't before Um, but you know there's hiccups with anything I don't think any any community is really prepared for anything like this but you know it's just weird it's like a ghost town there's no tourists you know like mm-hmm. half of vegas population is tourists so it you know it's a little eerie but just you know making it through so uh <laughs> how are you holding up personally like how are you staying busy and keeping your mind busy and not uh you know getting too anxious or are, are you doing okay yeah no thanks for asking that's what you to ask um i'm doing okay i i you know I'm kind of the person to reach out to people and see how they're doing. So thanks for asking. Yeah. I, I think I'm doing okay. I think, um, you know, I, 
it's it's one of those things where you have laser focused on your own internal wellness and yeah. projects or ambitions. So I've just been kind of channeling that into accomplishing goals that may be distracted in the past. So that's been really healthy. Um, managing the amount of influx of news that I take in has been really helpful too. I try to stay informed, but I don't rub in a lot of the, you know, updates from CNN and stuff like that. And yeah. then like having a good laugh with my friends with some really stupid memes throughout the day is like that saves me a lot because you know, it's very isolating, especially like for me living out here in Vegas, I'm from California. So I don't really have a, like a social life out here, except for one of the projects that I'm in. And it's weird to not be connected to the people that you are, um, that you lean on the most, yeah. but I think everyone's kind of making do, you know, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, I'm staying busy through these, uh, you know, pod, I, I literally, I have my makeshift podcast studio in my, in my bedroom. So I'm just doing this. I'm talking to a lot of musicians, talking to a lot of friends, talking to some wrestlers, just, uh, basically staying busy and then going on long walks. Uh, kind of both my jobs are kind of on hold for now. You know, it's going to pick up and when, you know, at the, the the thing is is like the thing that's uh crazy is like nobody knows like what the timeline is or whatever but you know i could it could be a lot worse so i'm just trying to look at it positively and uh just trying to channel my energy into something positive um you uh have you had the chance to play doom eternal yet i have not and that completely sucks um because i know a lot of people pre-ordered or were able to get theirs um in the mail or um, and I actually just moved into a new place. So I'm just kind of like still getting my stuff together. So my like last priority was gaming, unfortunately, yeah, for sure. but I have, I have listened to, uh, the, the soundtrack and I've seen clips and everything online. And honestly, like after we recorded it, I like, none of us really got any previews of, as far as I know, got any previews of what the end result was. So hearing it just gave me like goosebumps and chills. I just remember how electrifying the experience was and how that was able to be captured and translated into the game, just watching it and hearing it online and stuff like that. And I just, you know, felt all of that like crazy energy we were channeling, um, you know, like just, it's, uh, it was kind of a really phenomenal experience, I think for each of us. And it's something that, you know, I, I, can't, I still can't believe I'm like in, in that game it's like weird you don't like ever grow up thinking i'm gonna be in a video game right especially like, a doom game a doom game right yeah. so it's like i you know i played doom when i was a kid and yeah. it's like i never in my wildest dreams thought i'd be a part of it so uh i will also say i'm not like a huge gamer i have some old school stuff but so i have not played the game i will 100 percent admit that ian just got the game he's been playing it but uh so t t give me a heads up on like uh during are you like in a on a song that's featured in the game or do you play a voice of a character or um, so there was a choir of us, uh, choir of metal singers, nice. and we were throughout the game kind of as the backing soundtrack for some of the bigger fight sequences. Nice. So, yeah. So like, you know, obviously Mick Gordon, amazing. He, um, produced and, you know, just, he produced this really amazing soundscape that is eerie, but very fleshy and human because of the intimacy of the voices that he captured yeah. we were all standing really close to each other and we had to learn like this new language <laughs> and wow. um so it's very yeah very mystical it feels very real 
Um, and it's just throughout the soundscape of the game. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it kind of, it shakes you to your core because I definitely think that we were, each of us were pulling from some, some heavy doing those that stuff for like eight hours. So <laughs> it was, it's pretty intense. How do, do you know how you were, uh, like recruited for that? <clears throat> recruited for that? <laughs> it's really funny. So, um, I, I don't know. I think I was trolling Facebook or something. Sure. And I, <laughs> I saw someone post something about like video game looking for metal singers. And I was like, huh, what's this? This is literally like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what? Okay. So I, I look, I I can't quite remember what the landing page or the post said. And I don't know if it actually said it was for doom. So I don't think that that was there. Maybe it was, I can't remember. No, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. My memory, (laughs) I'm getting older. I'm like, I remember what it was. It's all good. It was supposed to, yeah. Somebody posted something that Nick had um, on his website looking for vocalists for for the new Doom game. And I was like, oh, there's no way. Something in me was like, all right, send him like a Instagram pic or a clip of you doing a cover or something. Yeah. Just on a whim. It was like three in the morning. I'm like, there's no way. Like, whatever. I wasn't to the outcome at all. But um, I got an email and uh, basically just accepting me into the fold. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah. And it was very like, it was a very surreal thing because it was completely on a whim. I sent, you know, a couple of gram vocal clips of Mm -hmm. cover songs, not originals. Yeah. And it was just on a whim. And I think it was very serendipitous because when I flew out Austin during Southwest by Southwest, um, I almost said Southwest Terrified. <laughs> South by Southwest to record. Um, a number of the vocalists um, in the group, we already knew each other personally, but we didn't know that you know each other was going to be there. Yeah. So it was very serendipitous. Serendipitous. It was very cool. We made some new friends, um, you know, and just stayed in contact, and uh, it just all worked out really well. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm stoked for you, and, and I'm going to have to play that game and see if I can uh, pinpoint your voice. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of a lot of gun rolls, a lot of um, male and female voices, you know, harmonizing. Um, that's awesome. You know, and, and I was told that the, the ladies of the crew were louder than the men, so, <laughs> but I'm sure if you can... If you could pick me out, that would be amazing. Hell yeah. I'll see if Ryan the Beard can. He'll probably do a little bit better than I, I would be. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about uh, how you're able to kind of um, manage the amount of, of like news intake that you have and stuff. And, and I feel like there's it's, it's easy to get sucked into that stuff. But uh, music is a good way to kind of um, get ourselves, uh, give ourselves a, like a positive release. I've been asking people, and, and I was curious what your opinion of, um, do, do you have like an album or a maybe a couple albums that uh, are able to kind of like reshift your mind and able to allow you to uh, get like a, I don't know, maybe kind of uh, handle your anxiety. Is there anything that's like a, a calming, calming music to you? Yeah. You know, um, I think there's a couple different categories. There are some things that I listen to. that are a little bit more cathartic. So when I do feel anxious, I can put it on and it helps me to just kind of move that emotion around. Mm-hmm. And then, calming ones are kind of, I guess, albums that are more inspirational to give me like that higher, like vision of my life or what I'm trying to work on that takes me out of the anxiety. Yeah. Um, so I would say for, for those that are more calming, I really love uh, this band called elder. Oh, they're um, great. Yeah. And Oh yeah. Elder is amazing. I was first introduced to them. I think it was 20, 
2015 and I'd just gotten off of a tour and I was just kind of scrambling around trying to find, catch my bearings. Um, and then I uh, found Lore, so I think it was, no, I don't think it was their first album. Um, maybe it was their like first full length, I'm not sure. Um, but Lore was an album that I <clears throat> discovered and it just kind of like was a breath of air, like a breath of fresh air for me. Mm -hmm. um, so usually when I'm feeling just super out of sorts and I need a higher focus for my life, I, I listen to Elder um, and I just love those long refrains and just it's very airy and fluid um, and how they, they play their prog rock. Um, and I also love um, the contortionist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Lesser's voice can just heal all wounds. <laughs> so <laughs> um, when I need to feel soothed inside and loved and held, <laughs> I, listen, I listen to the contortionist. Um, language is to me like one of the most phenomenal albums in the last i don't know decade or more um i think they did they, they i think they're so woefully underrated for how incredibly talented and visionary they are and i really love language that's an album i can put on and listen and just be transported out of anything and then the stuff that's like maybe a little bit more cathartic where i'm just in that i'm like all right i'm just gonna bust through it um I'm, you know, if anybody knows me personally, you know, I'm a huge Karen Crisis fan, a huge Crisis, the band fan. Yeah. Um, I love the entire Crisis discography. Um, and, you know, just she's able to really just break through a lot of uh, stuff, a lot of darkness with her voice and the power and how just oddly cool and dissonant and weird that they were in the 90s and just like so different. Um, but she's, you know, she's a huge inspiration for me vocally. So usually anything by crisis. Um, and I don't know. I, I, so I love listening to a lot of doom as well. Like, you know, yeah. electric wizard and stuff. To just, How about this? You know. Yep. How about this? Uh, the, the album you go to when you just want to punch your f through a brick wall and you're just pissed and you just need, uh, something to just like, just let go what's what's like the ultimate just like raw album oh anything by acephalics um abominable nice. putridity mm -hmm. um i listen to a lot of slams so stuff like that yeah um yeah so just oh, any kind of slam band of just like you know that helps analepsy um gosh there's so many things gadgets uh i don't know maybe Graves at sea sometimes too because nice. there's it's so like nasty and raw, um, and yeah, I listen to a lot of slam. I would say to kind of help Nile too. Nile's I'm a huge Nile fan. So. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, right on. Well, uh, just kind of you know getting your opinion on some stuff, and uh, it sounds like you'd have a pretty pretty sweet radio show if you could do one yourself. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit about Coma Cluster Void, and, and um, I believe you're also involved in some other uh, projects. Why don't you give me a rundown of, of everything that you're you're currently working on or have worked on uh, as of recently? Yeah, um, well, Coma Cluster Void, I joined them in 2018, so um, we are actually working on a new album right now, very slowly, but it is coming together. I'm really excited for the new music. Um, awesome. We are a distributed team, so... There are some some of us in Canada, some of us in the U.S., uh, and then some of us in Germany. Yeah. So uh, we write and swap 
virtually. Um, and obviously with everything going on, uh, it's going to be a slower process. Um, I have to, what you asked earlier, some of the things I'm working on, I'm building like a recording booth studio in my awesome. apartment. <laughs> yeah. That's sick. So, yeah. So I did a lot of research over the last couple of weeks because I had some time on my hands, mm -hmm. uh, just becoming a complete expert on soundproofing and um, acoustical treatments. And just so that I can have, you know, so I can move forward with recording vocals for the next uh, Coma Cluster Void album. You're going to freak so, your dog out. I, I mean, hopefully he won't be able to hear me too badly. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just. Like after all the materials I just purchased and acquired, hopefully I'm well insulated in this little telephone booth that I'm constructing. What's wrong with mom? <laughs> I mean, he already knows I'm nuts, so I'm sure it won't be like anything. Okay. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But so working on that and slow, but coming together really well, um, the new riffs are just devastating. So I'm excited for that. Um, so Sylvia and Jean, who are both in Coma Cluster Void, and myself, we are in a, I guess you'd call it Doom Industrial, Industrial Doom side project called Catenation. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's very, uh, it's dissonant, and I think I overused that word a little bit, but it's dissonant in the sense where it's, it's um, just sonically very disarming, but very rhythmic, so it's got that industrial side of it. But it's you know it's very heavy stuff. It's very intense. Nice. So we just released our EP on Bandcamp like month, um, and so it's just us three ladies. And um, you know it's very uh, it was very intense process for me to <clears throat> write and record for that. I was going through some interesting transitions in my life and yeah. just writing about it and. I think it all comes out in the vocals, pretty abrasive sounding. Um, and then I also have a project out here in Las Vegas, and we are called Eyes of Perdition. Yeah. And we just came together. Well, I joined the, the team last year, and I think it was like, I don't know, April or May. So we've only been playing together for a year, but we're kind of more slammy, just like <laughs> caveman slam, just with hardcore intertwined into it so I it's dig just it. tough yeah it's just super tough guy stuff i really love it it's really fun uh we've played a few shows we had we actually had a uh, a spring tour on the books that's obviously been canceled we were going to move forward and announce it um in march but with everything going on it just was completely impossible so um but our uh you know trying to record or we have the intention to put something out um maybe over the summer once everything kind of comes back together so there's that and then i have some solo stuff that i've been writing that's coming together it's not yet ready to be released but just kind of you know how sometimes you have like songs in your head for years and you're like i should just record this <laughs> so with all this time on my hands i've been doing that and just kind of arranging music together and hopefully we'll try to find some people who can join me and uh, translating those ideas something amazing what inspired what inspired you to to become a metal vocalist because it sounds like um i mean it's it sounds like you you like to keep active and, and like obviously you have a lot of confidence with your voice if you're if you've uh, put yourself out there with so many projects uh what um <clears throat> what inspired you and and who inspired you and, and like what was kind of that light bulb moment wow yeah it's a good question um 
I think it's kind of a combination of things. It definitely started when I was younger. I, I think I just always had this, um, I was always involved in music when I was a kid. So I played the flute growing up and nice. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So I understood fundamentally music. I understood it. Um, but I was listening to um, grunge growing up. I'm a 90s kid. So grunge, hard rock, metal, mm-hmm. um, cannibal corpse, stuff like that. So I was really inspired just by the idea of being able to express all of the trauma I was experiencing as a child, right? We always, yeah. Every lead singer has a story, so there's that. Um, <laughs> but I like, I was really into like bands that were not traditional metal bands. So I, and maybe that's why I'm involved in really interesting projects because I'm really inspired by stuff that's kind of off the cuff. Um, I, again, a crisis was a huge inspiration for me. Um, they, they, I think I found crisis. They did a cover of captain Howdy, um, which I think is a Dee Snyder song originally. I'm sorry if that's blown. Whoever's listening out there. I, I don't know. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Lindsay. Okay. But they, uh, they did a, they did a cover of captain Howdy. And I was like, who is this chick? Why is this bass so heavy? This is insane. Yeah. Then I, you know, found them back in the days of dial up and just, you know, was really into crisis. They were just so interesting and unique to me. Um, I was actually a really huge Henry Rollins fan growing up still am. Yeah. Uh, I read all his books when I was really young, but I think what that kind of inspired in me was this idea of just being honest with who you are in whatever medium you choose mm-hmm. and don't try to be like anybody else. Like Rollins is somebody who's just like, I'm just going to my own thing and that's the end of it. And I really, really was inspired by that. Um, and I think I was inspired by outliers, outliers and metal outliers and music. Yeah. Um, huge, huge PJ Harvey, huge, huge, um, Mike Patton fan. And although they're not necessarily like metal vocalists, they could just do whatever they want. Oh, and for I sure. Really, yeah. I, I'm really inspired by people who just do whatever the f- want and rely on their own vision to drive them. So that's, you know, over the years, I've kind of tried to start projects and I could never find the right thing because everything was so formulaic. But with the stuff that I'm involved in now, it's kind of right time because it's like this stuff is so unique. Coma Cluster Boy is so unique. Cat mm-hmm. Nation is so unique. Eyes of Perdition is so unique. And I just do whatever the hell I want vocally and it works and it feels authentic as opposed to, oh, well, I've got to sound like Corpse Grinder in order to be a metal singer. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just kind of do my own thing so when when did you realize that you could like you had a gnarly voice (laughs) um i i I think really it just came down to honestly like as soon as i got my license when i was a kid and i was driving around in the car and just screaming along with nice yeah when i was like a little kid i was screaming and yelling all the time maybe i was a little bratty i don't know but just screaming and yelling and then when i got older and i started learning lyrics and hearing tones differently and um really using like my ear as opposed to just my will to get the sound out i was able to experiment with different tones and pitches and stuff like that um i i I think like emulating at first was helpful because it gave me an idea of like how to physically get the sound out. Then you just, you know, you kind of graduate out of that and you go, okay, cool. I learned like, this is, this is how you um, have diaphragm control, but I want to make my, I want to have my own voice. And so as I got older, it was like, I'm just going to kind of my own thing and just see what happens. 
That's awesome. And and what was you, uh, did you have any bands before Coma, Coma Cluster Void? Was that your first first thing? No, I actually I did have a couple bands before CCV. Um, I was in a band. I lived in San Diego for a long time, so I was in a band called I Matador. Okay. Um, and that was another really interesting, unique project. It was kind of like group oriented um <laughs> emo metal i don't know okay cool <laughs> we had a lot a lot of different influences we were just like we were just kind of off the cuff doing our own thing it was fun and then of course when i was a teenager i had a couple of punk hardcore projects um and then i've done some stand-in vocals on tour for uh veiled Knopf, stuff like that um but i took a lot of years between those projects i was actually doing a lot of writing um for music magazines so it was just kind of like i was really hyper-focused on like celebrating other people's successes and um, really promoting things that I love in music. And I kind of put my own uh, stuff on the back burner. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Like, okay, I'm good. I think I got that out of my system. Now I really want to like express myself in a different way. And I circled back to vocal again. That's awesome. So did you go to school for writing or did you just like start writing on your own time or? Um, no, actually, well, I went to, I studied English and then I kind of, I bounced around. I like went to nursing school and mm-hmm. I got into marketing <laughs> crazy yeah. stuff. But, um, no, I actually, my first like adult job, if you want to call it an adult job, I, that sounds so bad, you know, like adult, <laughs> adult yeah, job. Well, but, it is. Um, yeah, I, I worked at a music magazine in San Diego called SD music matters. And awesome. that I was like 18, I think when I joined the team, 18 or 19, and it was a full color glossy, uh, magazine. And we basically wrote about music all day. So I actually did the metal section of the magazine. Um, and then it eventually expanded to be, to being like all of like the West coast, California area. So yeah. I covered all of the metal for them for a few years um, and then moved into other stuff. And then I started my own magazine called Os- a few years later where I just focused entirely on metal, but I didn't want to do like um, a typical like metal magazine. I wanted to do something that was a little bit more um, mindful, heartfelt, just a little bit more intimate maybe. And it was, you know, it was fun. I got to meet a lot of people some of the people I've met, I'm still really good friends with. Um, and, uh, but it was, you know, it's an expensive thing to run a magazine by yourself. And yeah, I would imagine <laughs> so that that went out the door, but it's still in my heart. Still, you know, something I love to do, but what was the name was, of your magazine again? Osprey, like the bird O S P R E Y. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. And, uh, I went to school for journalism and did some, some writing on my own and, and wrote for, uh, uh, Seattle paper here called the stranger and stuff. So just curious. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, something I've been, I've been asking and we like to kind of ask here is, uh, if you could go back in time and, and think, uh, even if it's embarrassing, that's even better story. Uh, what is the first album? So CD tape, whatever, uh, whatever physical form of, of medium it was of, uh, first thing that you purchased on your own with your old money, not given to you by uh, a parent or your cooler older brother or some first thing that you purchased on your own. Oh my gosh. Um, so a couple things come to mind and I, it's all blending together. I think it was Ace of Base, the Stein. <laughs> I think I, yeah. I, I think I think I saved up my allowance for that one. Um and then maybe like the first album that I bought like with my own like I'm working money. I think I, I worked at a like a clothing store and I was fourteen. I think the first album I bought was I think it was Machine Head 
or the burning red or not the burning red it was a uh, burn my eyes maybe yeah um, it's hard and yeah or i think it might have been i was really in a new metal don't judge me it's okay hey man um, i had a corn life is peachy basketball jersey dude i love like fear fact oh it was fear factory that's what it was, it was fear, fear factory demanufacturing edge crusher and, and yeah dude i love fear factory to this day i still think that's one of the heaviest albums of in that genre that came out in the 90s um but that i think it was fear factory demanufacturing sure nice i remember that yeah um and uh what is the ultimate new metal band then like what's like the top tier best new metal band corn of course um i think corn are the kings of new metal i mean like i argue with people about this a lot they're like no no no. when corn came out nobody was doing what they were doing nobody sounded like that nobody looked like that they were just completely original like like it or not whatever they became you can have your opinion but nobody was like that and it was just so interesting and dynamic and emotional like in metal you didn't have like a singer i mean maybe some instances but you didn't have like a john davis before as somebody who was willing to be very vulnerable because in heavy music it's about being like to a certain extent very powerful and intense and you know fighting through stuff and he fought through stuff but with a really like tangible vulnerability totally and you know like you don't see that very often so corn for sure um, my favorite, however, is definitely Fear Factory. I mean, I guess you wouldn't say, but some people argue they're not new metal. They're like industrial metal or whatever, but I consider them new metal, but I love Fear Factory. Okay. Well, I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to play an impromptu game with you right now. I'm going to name six <laughs> bands and you tell me, are they new metal or not new metal? Okay. Okay. Biohazard. <sighs> not new metal. Crazy Town. Ooh. <laughs> Crazy. I don't remember their song. Come my lady, come my pretty baby. Oh, definitely not new metal. Okay. Kid Rock. Uh, all right. I'm going to... But he had, like, elements of new metal. <laughs> he was, like, a crossover, so I'll throw him in that category because he had a lot of songs that were kind of, like, on the border, so I'll say yes. Okay. Incubus. Hmm. That sucks because a certain shade of green was a really banging album. Well, I, I'm not saying whether it's good or bad. I'm just saying whether it's new metal <laughs> or not new metal. I love yeah, some no, new metal. I get it. I get it. I'm trying to, but like that had some components of new metal, but then they graduated out. So I'm going to say yes, fundamentally they are. Okay. Okay. Mudvayne. Absolutely. And the final, my question, because this is one that I've had arguments over, and I will, I will defend this band forever. Uh, is Deftones new metal or not new metal? I think Deftones is the band that is new metal that nobody wants to admit that they are new metal. Oh, okay, okay. I think because that they are. I think really they started good. new metal, and I think that they kind of they grew out of that sound. Yeah, I think you could say the same for any of the bands that you listed. Like, for they sure. started in a certain era. Except for so Crazy they, they had that new metal tinge or that new metal feel or attitude. But then, you know, people grow up and they grow out of, you know, that. And I think that's like, with any of them, it's like, wait a minute, they were new metal, but now they're not. And Deftones, I think, is one of those bands that, yeah, they were new metal when they came out. And then they grew up and created some really interesting music after that. 
Uh, but edema did not. They are still new metal. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, so now we're talking about new metal, but uh, something I want to know is what are four albums that changed your life for the better? Wow. Uh, Crisis, The Hollowing, obviously. Okay. Uh, um, this is so hard because I love a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would say The End of Silence by uh, Rollins Band. Awesome. Um, gosh, see, that's like childhood stuff, but there's stuff I've heard recently that I'm just like, you know, um, so much music. I, so I'll say that I really, again, love the contortionist. And I think hearing such a beautiful voice on language with such amazing music really changed my life for the better. It's kind of, widening my perspective on what's possible again in music so yeah. uh, candiria the process of self-development yeah hell yeah that that one was like i remember i think that came out in like 98 or 99 or something um that one was really that left a huge impression on me because it was so so different you know um kind of a segue into my love of Dillinger Escape Plan and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's like Dillinger Escape Plan with rapping. It's the best. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, they, they've had, uh, or Candiria's had such a horrible go at it with all the, I think they had a van accident. Yep. And, yeah, but they were definitely a huge influence on me. Definitely changed my life for sure. That's awesome. Well, uh, just a couple more questions here. Uh, if you could pick a scar on your body, Lindsay, and tell us the story of how you got it. <laughs> oh God. There's so many. Um, well, no, actually the ones, the most visible scars I have, they were most intense. I have some pretty bad scars on my knees Okay, and they're, um, I, so I used to run a lot. I used to be a long distance runner. Oh, wow. Really into that. Yeah, just like, well, like not, I wasn't competing, but just recreationally, I was running a lot. Yeah. And um, I uh, used to run just kind of on flat ground, like, you know, no big deal. So I started taking up running in the mountains, and that was a bad choice for <laughs> obvious reasons. And I was in Denver. Um, I can't remember the name of the freaking, it was in Golden, actually. And I was running up this mountain, and I, or no, excuse me. I, down the mountain this is why this is ridiculous i was running down a very steep mountain wearing vibrams do you remember those like toe shoes oh yeah um, yeah so you know thinking i'm a badass and like wearing my toe shoes on the mountain uh so I, my toe caught a it was, must have been a rock and i ate it and slid down that mother like it was oh like my god yeah it was really it was gnarly and i felt my adrenaline was going so hardcore and my sense of pride was so high at that point. I'm like, no, you're going to finish this run. So I got up, open knees, knees were just open, finished on the way down to the parking lot, mm-hmm. completely just busted open and bleeding. Um, went back to the place where I was staying and just kind of cleaned it up. And I'm like, hey, it'll be okay. It wasn't okay. It was like a couple weeks before the skin started actually like meeting itself because it's a joint, it's a huge joint. Um, so before the skin started meeting itself again on the knees. So, um, I, I probably should have gotten stitches. I didn't. And I have some, you know, 
busted up knees. I'm okay with it. <laughs> nice. Dude, that's gnarly. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the story. Uh, sounds, You're welcome. Sounds traumatic to relive it, though. Oh, it's all right. I mean, I like grossing people out, so. Um, no, it's, it's, you know, it's okay. Like I, it doesn't, you know, if they're just scars, you live, you tell, you know, live to tell the tale, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, we're all in this crazy, uh, time period right now. And, and, and it's uh, certainly going to be something that we, we, we tell, uh, people about in, in generations to come. Um, how do you think, uh, and, and, and it could be negative or positive, but just, uh, in your opinion, how do you think life will change going forward after, uh, say we get on the other side of, uh, this pandemic? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I think it could go one of two ways. There's the way that I think it's going to go and the way that I hope it's going to go. I think, you know, there is a big potential for this whole situation to be leveraged in a political fact, not so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard some people kind of you know, really concerned about how this has created a new kind of wealth divide for people that has and has not and yeah. who don't have are dying. They're getting really sick. Um, and I'm really concerned about if the infrastructures don't change to help improve the livelihood and the quality of life, everyone as a result of this, like this is very telling, you know, it's ripping off, you know, mass going on in a lot of communities, countries, this, the issue that we have with wealth by and the great consequences that a lot of people face because of it, mm-hmm. then we're headed down a very dark path, socially, politically, economically, and that's very, very concerning. Things to... The way that I hope it goes is that because it's revealing all this stuff that people vote more mindfully, um, more altruistically, people are more community focused mm-hmm. and on helping one another as opposed to running on um, these and governments to take care of them, yeah. <laughs> um, to be each other, to recognize that you know, we do need each other to, uh, to survive, to thrive, really, yeah. can all come together. So that's the way life goes. And I we're I think a lot of the anxiety people are feeling is because we are in the space where like this could go really this could get a lot better for us, um in terms of the global community, not just our country. But mm-hmm. um so that's the limbo we're in and I'm maybe mindful to lean toward positive hope, being a good kind person, just putting out that vibe and intention and hope others other people do the same. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that. And, 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 and yeah, that's, that's the truth. And, uh, let's just hope for the positives and stuff. And, and we just got to connect with each other and it's, it's awesome to be able to talk with you, um, about, uh, your projects and, 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 uh, you know, kind of like some of your influences and, and some things that can maybe calm you down with all the craziness going on in the world. <laughs> uh, so 2020, um, you, you think, uh, maybe coma cluster void will, will see the release of the new album or, uh, you're not, are you guys not putting like a time frame on it? Um, finger crossed that we have some, you know, some skeletons of songs that we're just filling in the hole. And, um, you know, I think that probably more towards the end of the year, it's likely, um, we're all very 
I think we're all really, we all intend this to be a very phenomenal, groundbreaking, uh, we're going to work towards that and not really putting a time on that and just hoping that whatever we put out, we're all like collectively proud of. That's awesome. Thank you very much. And, and I'm looking forward to the new Coma Cluster Void, obviously, uh, and also Eyes of Perdition. Um, yep. and, and then what was the other project you were involved in? Um, Catenation. So C-A-T-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. <laughs> right on. Lindsay, uh, any final words for the Northwest audience before I let you go tonight? Uh, thank you for the interview, and thank you all of my friends up there. Um, I've been connected with some of you uh, through various social media means. and miss you all. I'm really sad Northwest Carafest isn't happening this year, but I know we'll come back and see you guys next year. Yep. And just, you know, be safe. Love you guys. Love everybody up there and around miss everybody but we'll come back well we're resilient we'll bounce back absolutely thanks a lot Lindsay. have a good night thanks you have a good night too this has been metal shops backstage pass this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.